Checking in from last time, we have a very important update that we need to get. Have your parents listen to the show. First of all, who starts a show with checking in from last time? Is that not the proper etiquette? This is E! New. I'm with AP. I'm still teaching him how to open a show. They know this who is, we are. This is our parents. You never know. You know, checking in from last time. Wait, hold on, though. I never like when television shows run through the same full, you know, 45 seconds of intro credits when it's season six. Hey, Doug Ellen, I get it. You guys are driving around in the same car and yes, from season one. yes, that song got real annoying, right. and I know, but this isn't opening credits. Just, you know, give, give, the, give the audience a little greeting. Hello, audience. How are you guys doing today? Well, they're not going to be able to respond to the how you're doing today. Well, they will. Maybe at that point, and we'll tell everyone, when you hear this, I want you to text either Eric or I and tell me how you're doing. Please so that we text can kind Aaron of... and tweeted him immediately <laughs> when he asked, how are you doing? Right. That would be great. So that way I kind of know who's actually listening, and that way it can be kind of like a call and response, and you know, it'll be the interactive podcast, podcast 2.0. This is some start to the show. I love it. So back to you. We need an update on whether or not your parents have listened to episode one. As of today, my parents have yet to listen. They've received the podcast. You finally they've, sent it to them. They've acknowledged receipt of the podcast. They received fair warning about the podcast. They have not yet listened to the podcast. I'm worried. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about the buildup, the anticipation. Uh, don't worry about me. I'm, I'm terrific. And I'm kind of worried about them at this point because I re-listened to episode two before, you know, coming over here tonight. And I was like, oh, you go in on uh, on some things that, you know, could get a response. Listen, this is our parent. This is the show. If I was, uh, I was not going to share some things, then, you know, why are we here? Why are we putting on the pads and the helmet? No, it's funny. And for me, the podcast, which originally started out as a way to talk to my parents less, has actually <laughs> caused me to now want to talk to my parents more. From Thursday when we go live, you know, I send it to my mom before I push it out to the masses. And by pushing it out to the masses, I mean I tweet it, I put it on Facebook and Instagram. So not the masses. I think we have an audience now of, what, 27 people? No, 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 no. For episode 1 is up to over 150 listens, which I'm very, I'm very happy about. Episode 2 is still on the ramp up. It is a little disconcerting that we have kind of a, a chasm between the two, because maybe we had a lot of people tune in for one and then said, this just isn't for me. Um... <laughs> I think it's more about the calendar. We're, we're in that pre-Labor Day lull. It's true. You, you'll see when, uh, when when we hit that second week of September, the moon, baby. The right. Moon. I think our yeah our show is definitely for for sweater season. Sweaters, Light hoodie, jeans, turtlenecks. If you wear those in I, that I, time of year when you're wearing them, you're so this you're show talking about for our, you. what our parents are wearing or what our audience is wearing. Both. Okay. Both. You hang with a lot of people that rock turtlenecks? Well, no, it's funny. Actually, there's a is whole the conversation. Is back this year? No, it is, but not so like... I really hope not. Not the full turtle, the kind of... The, the mock, kinda, the crew? The mock turtle. The mock turtle. Yeah, I saw... The one that the defensive line coach is rocking. Exactly. I saw some people, some of my friends on Twitter the other day going over this and sending some images back and forth about looking for the kind of mock turtle that has the school logo or the Nike logo insignia, like mm-hmm. right around the, the neck. And they were excited for this and looking for this to come back. 
But no, as I was saying, the thing that I think is very interesting is I started out with one of my reasons for doing the show is to, to talk to my parents less. But now, because I'm sending it to them right away, I'm actually in this, like, it's like that time when you text a girl and you're waiting for her to text you back. I cannot wait for the response. And I'm actually calling my mom more just to hear firsthand because the emails are pretty short and sweet in terms of response to the new episode. But I'm calling her to get firsthand her favorite parts, what she liked about it, and also, you know, as we talked about last week, mining for new material. So in some ways, my own plan has backfired, but I think my mom is now in a better place than she was a few weeks ago. I think it's wonderful that you're... You know, really creating a new bridge of conversation with the uh, with the fam. So we'll wait and see on mine. Yeah, the, the family convo with me comes in, in in waves in terms of heavy topics versus you know the, just the the check in. But you know, we'll see what happens. That's nice. Yeah. And speaking about your parents, they were just in the city this past weekend, correct? Yes, they uh, they came in for one of their. Uh, uh, afternoon evenings in Gotham, they uh, they see live music uh, x amount of times a year at Lincoln Center and plan an afternoon around it. So, um, what type of music? Um, you know, classical, always an eight o'clock show, always a six p.m. dinner <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, it's always interesting knowing there's a six p.m. dinner reservation and then getting a voicemail that afternoon telling me to get there earlier. I don't. I have a hard earlier time. than six. Yeah. Is this for? Do they want to have a a happy hour drink beforehand, or is it they're just worried that they're going to lose the reservation at six and one? Uh, no, no. It's all about the theater time. Oh, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But if the reservation's at six, then I'll be there at six. These restaurants clearly understand what the dinner theater crowd looks like. And the expectations. So, yeah, but my they mom probably have a good handle on the timing. Too. No, exactly. But my mom has to go out of her way, and it does kind of annoy me when oh you know you have to kind of put your business out there and and just letting them know, hey, we're kind of in a rush. Oh, because if that, I was a, that's a given. <laughs> oh, we have a we, right. We, we have, have a, show. a show tonight. We have a show. No shit. Right. Right. You and everyone else here. We actually hand you your playbill with uh, with the check. My dad's sitting there looking at his watch. The first course isn't out yet, and I'm just like, "Are you are you kidding?" Like, great dinner, great conversation. Love seeing my parents, but what? You're gonna make the show, right? Like, I thought we were having dinner, right? To enjoy it, not to like, right? In, not to inhale the dinner, right? Because if you were really that worried, you could get some street peanuts. And just get a jerk, get a dog, right? Get get a dog and, and, a, and a bud heavy in a brown bag, and just go go sit outside Lincoln Center, right? That's Stand a, I mean, what's a class move, right? Sit by the fountain, dog, spicy brown mustard, brown bag, brown bag, bud heavy. I mean, my mom would love that. She'd love it. She'd have, she'd really enjoy that. I wanted to talk about this on a future episode, but let's do it now. It seems to make sense. Wow. What do your parents drink? My dad enjoys a beer, and once in a while, well, no, not once in a while. It's either a beer with dinner or a glass of red wine, but there's no, you know, tying on the buzz or anything like that. My dad is a, a craft beer guy, um, almost to well, a the fault. the reason why he and I will get along. Yes, very much. It is kind of insane sometimes because not every restaurant around the country has the diversity and options as one would like. Specifically, you know, coming from Vermont, that really puts him at a disadvantage when he goes some places and they just don't have the selection that he's looking for. So-
So yeah, I really enjoy my parents coming to the city. And I do think that now that I have a little more space, I will offer the opportunity for them to stay at my spot. As you said, it is not ideal in terms of space, size, breathability, whether that's emotional or physical. You're not at work. You're spending time with your family. It, It should be comfortable. Right. It should be comfortable. Right. The strategy, though, of... Seeing different parts of New York upon the visit. Good strategy. Good strategy, and let's just say that's not necessarily being followed from where I sit. Well, it sounds like when your parents come in, it's reruns. They're literally I mean, the, the syndication does well. It right. really does. Right. And listen, you know, keep running it until the, the other team stops right. it. The whole idea of reruns is interesting because my parents love ethnic food. So when they come to New York and they find a place that they love, specifically this one Indian place, he can't come to New York and not find himself there mm. for whether it's a dinner or a lunch. And for me, you know, as someone that is always looking for the next great thing, obviously I have my haunts and places that I love. But Did at the you same just title time, your spots your haunts? Yeah, my haunts. That's fantastic. Yeah. But for them, you know, it's like I want to show them someplace new. I want to try someplace new. So I look for those type of places. So it is always tough when my dad wants to go back to the same place. I'm like, man, like there's a million and it's, and great it's, places. And it is Indian food. Oh, it's great. How, but how can you always be in the mood for Indian food? Oh, he is. He could eat Indian. Whoa, whoa, but, um, how about you? Oh, I like Indian food. But every time? Are you that mm-hmm. into Indian food where, where it would never be an issue vibing Indian food? I was gr- like brought up on that. My brother. I, so I just learned. I just learned something new about you. Right. Well, it's interesting. Because you know? have some odd, you know, dietary things. That I'm not make going you, for the whole menu. Make you who you are, but you know the fact that you could always be in the mood for Indian is interesting, considering your dining resume. No, it's, no, that is that is a very fair point. And that's not and that's not a, a uh, insult on your taste because I know you know good food. It's just what you choose not to eat. No, for sure. When I'm I'm not eating anything off the menu. I mean, I'm going for chicken tikka masala and like six orders of garlic naan. I could see you really getting in on that garlic naan. Growing up, and when we would come to the city or on vacation, my brother and I loved naan so much that we would order naan to go. Mm. And that's something you know that my brother and my dad very similar in personalities, and we can talk about you know Todd and your folks and who you know kind of vibes better with who. But with my brother, you know, he is definitely his father's child when it comes to food. Halfway through the meal and your brother will just put a, put an order in to go? Yeah, so non to go. I don't think there's any Jewish parent, and not to, you know, bring in religion here, I don't think there's any Jewish parent that would ever turn down buying food for their kids. I Whether it's my grandparents, my parents, aunts and uncles, there's never been a, a shortage of food. And if there was ever the inkling to get more food and to eat more food, it would be, you know, if I said to my mom, hey, mom, you know what? I really need you to, to get me groceries from Fresh Direct, like $100 worth a week and just really stock up on some like great stuff from the food pyramid. She would not only break down in tears, it's so happy that this is what's actually come you know, for her 30-year-old in in this point in his life, but also would gladly do it, would pick out every single thing and would make sure that this happens. Can you double up that order? (laughs) Right. It's like, yeah, we're going to make two stops. It's like like splitting cab. Uh, I'd love a tiered delivery every Monday morning, (laughs) man. All right. Mrs. Phillips, if you're you're listening, we'll uh, we'll talk about the order. Aaron (laughs) doesn't really know how to build a shopping list. (laughs) 
transitioning from visiting in the city to summer in general, because I think one thing that we have talked about and with your parents just being here is that a summer visit is a little different than a winter visit is different than a spring visit. But what did you growing up, you know, would you guys go on summer vacations? And if so, where would you go? So in the summers when I was a kid, this is, I mean, talking maybe seven, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old, we would go to a like resort in the Catskills when those were still up and running. They were definitely much more popular, I think, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and by the 80s, it was starting to slow a bit, but I remember being, it's a really cool place, probably two hours from the city, uh, the Neville was the name of it, and I'd be in like a, a, a day camp program for part of the day, like playing ball or swimming or whatever, and then I'd be with my family and, you know, running around. I, by, by the time I was probably eight, I was playing, like, softball with adults and shooting basketball. And my dad liked to play volleyball, so he played volleyball. And then he... Spike in it? Um, or was he the setter? Uh, you know, back then, cause my dad is, is a much thinner, you know, smaller guy than me. He claims that, you know, because of his, uh, you know, being light on his feet that he could get up in the air. You know, good standstill, 15-foot, uh, you know, mini jumper in the driveway. I see mini jumper because he's not getting up much. But, you know, we've had some witnesses. He can, he's earned the name Shot Pocket from a few people. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it was cool. And my dad played baseball as a kid growing up in Brooklyn. So, you know, a bit of softball and whatnot. And he also was actually a really, really good ping pong player. So I don't have much memory of this, but supposedly he would just play ping pong like for hours. But obviously for both of us, you know, the summers were definitely dominated by summer camp, something that's a big part of our lives. But it's interesting, growing up, I would always spend that first four weeks of the summer from, um, you know, the end of June through mid-July, and that's where I was at camp. I went for the first session, and then we Day would... camp? Or no, camp? overnight camp, overnight camp. So what was your parents' like... When you went to camp for the first time, like, were they okay? Oh, yeah. They loved it. Did I mean, miss you? they both grew up going to camp. Um, Did themselves. you get homesick? No, not at all. You know, I think I never looked back. I still will never forget the day that when they picked me up after the end of the four weeks, my teeth were bright orange from eating a popsicle and also the fact that they probably hadn't been brushed in four weeks either. So <laughs> the buildup of plaque and orange, you know, popsicle at the time was made for quite the look. I had nail polish on that my mom, you know, we were staying at like a hotel locally on the way home and she's like, I never thought I'd have to, you know, get nail polish remover for my 10-year-old son. But this was because... I need a time out, man. This was one of the things that we would do for evening program. It was called at the time Mr. and Mrs. Omni and you would get traded to a rival girl's cabin and they would, you know, dress you up basically in... You're getting traded cross camp? Cross camp. To the other side? Yeah, so I got traded from Copenhagen Hanging cabin to London, and they dressed you up as a girl, and so full on. This is like happened in one of the last weeks. So wait, wait, your cabin was called Copenhagen Cabin. Yeah, we all our cabins were city names. So I went from Copenhagen to Moscow to Montreal to Jerusalem to Singapore. Um, you know, made it all the way around the world. Wow, wow. We had uh, bunk one through bunk twenty. Not as cool. 
So much cooler. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> Less is more. But the interesting thing was, you know, for me coming out of that camp that first summer, you know, it, it was always the best of both worlds because I obviously loved camp and it was a place that, you know, to that to this day, I still go back and visit every summer. And I, you know, was there from 95 through 2008 and was a camper, a, you know, CIT, a junior counselor, a counselor, a director. But then we would always go on vacation for, say, you know, 10 days to two weeks or something like that in the beginning of August which was awesome. And so at the time growing up, once we had moved to Vermont, the exchange rate in Canada was very good. So we did all these different Canadian cities growing up. We did Montreal, which is obviously the closest to us and which is only like an hour and 15 minutes away. We did Toronto. We did Ottawa. We did Seattle and Vancouver one summer. I went to Toronto. Toronto's amazing. What, what did you like most about Toronto? In Toronto, I saw the Yankees play the Blue Jays. Nice. At the old exhibition stadium, pre-Sky Dome, which was actually originally a football stadium, and the right field wall behind it was just more space before it got to the stands. It had a very distinct look, and uh, we sat in the left field seats and saw Mattingly and Winfield play in Toronto. Kind of crazy. And then we, uh, there was time for a movie, and one of my great movie memories as a kid was seeing Midnight Run, starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, in a random movie theater in Toronto. It was really great. Really great memory. Jack, you're a grown man. You have control over your own words. You're goddamn right I do, so here come two words for you. Shut the fuck up. The De Niro-Grodin combination in this film, man. You don't know what you're missing. That was just a little piece. You don't know what you're missing, man. What do we want to end with? Uh, are we getting dinner? <laughs> what are we having? Indian food. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. That's the worst sign-off I've ever heard. Yeah.